everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. He has risen. Oh, he has risen. <laughs> yeah. We're sharing the good news. I'm Parker Moon, your co-host. I'm the Easter Bunny, Brett Irvin. I'm Daniel Phillips, another co-host. And and what what uh what Easter related thing are you, Dan? Yeah, uh, I'm the the big old chocolate bunny that you can never finish. Like you bite its ears off, you know. Dan's Dan's a Cadbury cream egg. Can we? Okay, before we get into this episode, I'm already gonna derail us completely. Why why are there so many mascots for Easter? What do you mean? They're okay. So you obviously you got the big J, right? You got JC, J Money. Prayers he came up. back from the, he con- he conquered death, guys. Can, we don't talk about that enough on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we don't really get into the deeper theological uh, conversations on this podcast enough. But let's do um, it right now. JC conquered death, and so of course we we celebrate. You know that that's like everyone's popping off about that. Like that's been two thousand years in the making. People are celebrating that. Then somewhere along the way. The Easter Bunny comes into play, right? He's hip hopping around. Okay, so that's two. Then there's eggs. I think it's because the Easter Bunny resurrected in two days, and so that's why it's kind of like Guinness is like it bounces back and forth between like like who has the record, and so they're just like rivals at this point. Oh, you think so? Jesus and Jesus and the Easter Bunny are are pitted against each other. Yeah, in an eternal battle to see who the avatar of this holiday will be. <laughs> wow. Parker, did you complain that there's too many mascots for Easter and then you tossed in eggs? Eggs is one. You cannot tell me that eggs is not a, a an that's Easter like, mascot. That's like saying milk and cookies is a mascot for Christmas. I mean, no, there's an no, argument. it's not. It's no, it's not. Similar. You are being ridiculous right argument. now. Eggs is eggs a part is... of Easter. They're not a mascot. But why? Okay, Dan, why? Does Jesus lay eggs? Did the did the bunny lay eggs? If I go to a a Wildcats soccer game, I'm not saying that the ball is a mascot for the Wildcats, just because it's a part of the game. What are you talking about? Just because something's part of a something doesn't make it a mascot. No, don't but egg, say eggs Easter are eggs. a mascot. Eggs to is a mascot. The it's egg, not. Okay. Can we start this episode? I'm already so sick of you two. Hey, I everyone, am. so we're a we're a book club podcast. If you haven't gathered that by now, I don't know how you could have missed it. Uh, we love talking about books and everything books related. Uh, this month's book that we're we're our book club is doing is Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Um, which probably has the Easter Bunny and Jesus in it at some point or another. Main we'll, characters. We'll read to find out. And yeah, I mean, every so everyone knows, Dan. We're, everyone knows that we're a book club podcast. We didn't even really need to even say that part. I don't know why you're telling me that. Well, because you wanted, you said that we need to get back on track. I just want to, I just want to see how you guys are doing. I want to stop talking about the Easter Bunny. Oh, okay. All right, so we're gonna move into short stories, our segment where we talk about you. We just catch up and talk about each other's lives. Yes, that sounds okay. Fun. Do that. Go. Uh, I read Howl's Moving Castle this week. What a cute little book. Okay, Brett, go. <laughs> great catching up. Great well, catching I'm, up. I'm speed running these short stories. I actually don't really have a short story. Um, I went to visit Nicole's family yesterday. We drove up to uh, Tennessee to hang out with her family for the day. And I beat her dad in Cornhole twice, which like, Ooh. I mean... I think I'm the father of the family now. I think you're the you daddy of the family. 
he obviously loved that, which was very fun for me. <laughs> did did you tell Nicole's dad like I hey hey I'm the man of the house now? Yeah. Yes. After the first game, and then he was like, "All right, round two. and then I beat him again. And then you put and then you put him in a home. Yeah. You put him in a an old person's home and yeah. said, "You can no longer provide." <laughs> Brett, how's how's your week been, buddy? Well, I got a couple. I, I guess all right. So I got some good news. I'm gonna start with my good news. Hit me with that good I'm news. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty pretty sure because it was happening on Friday. Good, good Friday. Friday. Hey, it was a hey guys, it was a great Friday. Um, I'm pretty sure my upstairs my neighbors moved out. Oh, <gasps> dude, that's huge. I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's so, massive. Yeah, they were like moving stuff on Friday morning, and I was oh. like, "This is a great day." Was and it like, different just keep from their, going. their normal moving of things? <laughs> no, yeah. So it was different. At first, I thought it was that, but then I saw them like carrying a bed frame outside, which I didn't. The only thing is, I didn't see a moving truck. So I was like, maybe they're just moving like an old bed frame or something, but I haven't heard them yet today. So I think that's a good sign. So I'm just really prayers up to the big J that Dude, they he's have coming in on. clutch on Good Friday. It was a great Friday. So the other thing is I just had another fun grocery store story. You got to stop having these. Uh, they're no, great, never man. stop. I only want more grocery store stories. Please tell me it's the same guy who asked you about the salmon. No, unfortunately not. I have seen that guy since, um, but we haven't had any interaction. Um, but we do point at each other and like wink like, hey, salmon, salmon bros. But we, so I was in line and there was a lady in front of me with her daughter. And I'm just sitting there minding my own business, looking at my phone, waiting to get my stuff done. And so she walks up to the, um, the card reader, the card processor, and she looks at it and says, hey, I'm from out of town. Is is there anything weird about these here? And <laughs> she like what? looks at the person in the at, behind the counter. Is like, yeah. Are there any kind of discounts? Like, do these you know does this work the same here? And she's like, I'm from. And she reiterates like, I'm from out of town. <laughs> Did, okay, hang on. Hold on. Hold the phone. Hang on. Hold the phone. Was she talking about something specific to the store, like a store card, or was she just talking about the checkout terminal? Parker, she's from out of town. See, that's what I don't. I did she say? Get... Did she say I'm from out of town with and, and my human my human body that I'm currently in right now is not familiar with this I'm, this robot machine. You, that's what I was waiting for. Some sort of like, you know, does like pu- does Publix have like a certain card that can be used? Like, is there anything I can get to like, you know, save some money on this? But it was just like she just like points at it, like cocked her head sideways, and says, "I'm from out of town." Do these work different here? Thankfully, she made it through and was able to figure out the systems on this planet. And so... <laughs> um, so she could go back to report to Motherbox. Exactly. I mean, and I don't... Maybe the maybe the daughter in that situation is the older one, and the daughter knows how to use it on their planet. And, the, like, the, the, uh. the, the, the one that's the size of an average adult mother was... Uh, like the baby i don't know i don't know how it works but yeah so that was that was my strange uh alien interaction for the week and i'm still reading oathbringer and loving it sorry i have don't have more to report on that front but uh i will speed up but i am i think i'm close to halfway it's okay guess who's got two thumbs and did a whole lot of reading 
Daniel. <laughs> Dan. I didn't do a single bit of reading. This was the worst What are you guys of... doing? Oh my god. No, so to, to okay, so I, I so I have finished The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Great book. Because Mick Reva was in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did talk about it, but I, I, I did. So I finished that. So I guess I did do some reading. It was a very light reading week. I, I just couldn't focus. Why is that? Well, uh, I, I played a lot of Lego Star Wars. Nice. Um, and then I don't know. I just, I just couldn't. I, I don't know. I don't. I just couldn't find like the, the time. It's not even like a time thing. I, I had ample time. I just, it was just one of those weeks, you know, where I couldn't like get into the, the right headspace to like sit down and open a book. Uh, but short story wise, I want to talk about something that I've really appreciated this week, which is the new uh, album by The Regrets, titled Anxiety's album. No, that's the name of the first song. It's Further Further Joy, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, Further Joy, fantastic album, great. I've been listening to it all week. Um, so if you want to uh, listen to a good new album, listeners, pop that pop that in your earbuds and crank it. Put that, that people put say? that in your pipe yeah. and smoke it. Yeah, that's that's what I was going for. I know. Put, yeah. put that in your earbuds and crank it. I'm gonna put use that, that in your earbuds often. and crank it, <laughs> fellow humans. Do these work here the same as yeah. other? St- I'm from out of town. I'm from out of town. That's how music works. Before we talk about what we're talking about, do we have any quotes for quote of the week? I brought nothing. I didn't. Read I anything. forgot. Guys, I'm really, really bad at quote of the week. I cannot do quote of the week. That's I'm no. So, this segment will live. I'm it's so just, bad at it. It's taking a it's taking a three day sabbatical and will come back from the grave. I read and I think, wow, that's a good quote for quote of the week. I will remember to put that on the page, and then I don't do it. I never do it. Dang. Okay, well, we really dropped the ball, listeners. We don't even have a quote of the week for our own segment, quote of the week. This is why we need you. We need you to help us give us good quotes. Yeah, fill in your quote here. Can y'all just, can you, hey, listeners, can y'all just do the podcast for us at this point? I think, I think we should take 10 seconds of just silence and then the listener can recite back to themselves a quote, Uh, their own quote of the week. Yes. Okay. All jokes aside, I guess <laughs> I guess we don't have code a week, so we will move into discussion, which is about character resurrection and uh, just that in literature, that idea, uh, I- examples, is it good, is it bad? We're going to talk all about it. Do you want to just get right into like a little open discussion of character resurrections? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about it. So when I think about character resurrections, you got the big three, right? You know, the big three. Aslan? So, Brett nailed the first one right on the head. Aslan. Harry Potter? Harry so, Potter. I mean, like, As- Aslan is just, is just, is just it's Jesus, biblical. right? Like, that's an allu- that's a, an an illusionary, like, A-L-L, you, you know, like, the literary term illusion, not, like, yes. illusion. Like, yes. Yes. He was alluding, that, that alluding to Jesus. To, yes. He wasn't running away from Jesus. He was referring to he Jesus. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> He, he also wasn't it. doing magic tricks for Jesus. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. He wasn't an illusionist. But as then, I mean, that that's that is a that is a biblical retelling. Yes, so that, the I mean, that's that's language is he, wild. He's a big one, but like not much to say there. It's part of the biblical reference. Yeah, it's um, just Jesus as a lion. Well, so yeah. so much of character resurrections are biblical illusion, there are, right? But there are 
There's another big one that Brett nailed the other one, Harry Potter. Gandalf. Gandalf. That's it. Those are the three big boys. I mean, yeah, but there. I mean, it ha- it, ha- it it's so pervasive. I feel like it happens in a lot of stories. I want to talk really quick about Harry Potter because a, a big part of this discussion is kind of do we like character resurrections? Do they help the story? Do you like the character resurrection of Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows? Um. Uh, I I don't I I don't know. I think there's some good stuff. I liked the entire sequence of him talking with Dumbledore in the in between. Um, I like that the the that scene right that like the purgatory yeah. scene where he you know and Dumbledore or you know is this real or is this in my head and it kind of leaves it up to the reader to decide i think also the, the uh the crumpled up voldemort was your background on your phone for a while because you <laughs> like that scene a lot no um stupid <laughs> um i don't i don't even know if i remember very much like he, it was because he was a horcrux and then like he the, it's voldemort. weird man the movie does not do it well <laughs> i'll say that i mean the yes. book doesn't i mean i'm thinking of the book even like i, I feel like it's very uh weirdly yes. done. Yes, I think it's very weird. And like to be fair, Gandalf's is very weird too, and it's like a whole lore thing. My my main honestly god, my main like uh uh context with character resurrections done in literature is mostly through the lens of comic books because I feel like the comic book world does resurrection so much right like they it is it is done to a point where it is like a goof at this point because it it means like death means nothing essentially within at at least western american like dc marvel comic books like it it is a a thing that is just like every major character has died um any any character that you can think of has died and come back that's like a, a popular franchise comic book character it's capitalism. Yes. It's capitalism. <laughs> Get him, Dan. They say this is the issue that Superman dies and they kill him. And everyone's like, oh, God, Superman's dead. I got to get this. And then they just bring him right back. Yeah. I mean, well, that's exactly what. So, like, the death of Superman is one of the most, like, famous arcs. I think that. It, so, there, I think there's, like, some good examples of character death and resurrection. And some bad examples. One that I I like for storytelling purposes is uh, Jason Todd as Robin the Red Hood. Do y'all know Do y'all know this story? I uh, to be honest, I don't know comic books that well at all. Okay. Yes, so, I know of it. So during the run of Batman, where Jason Todd, who is the second Robin, was like Robin the Boy Wonder, you know, Cape Crusader's sidekick. They're they're doing their thing. Uh, Dick Grayson, his first Robin, is now N- Nightwing. The people writing Batman, the, the like DC Comics, put out a poll that was for readers that said, do you want us to kill or save Robin? Like, in between issues. Like, Joker had captured Jason Todd's Robin, and they said, do you want this Robin to die or live? And, shockingly enough, the, the readers came back pretty like decisively wanting Robin to die, um, which is crazy that that happened. And then that's how it was written. 
Uh, but then he's one of the more iconic deaths for one for Batman's story because there's a lot of like uh, character growth there that's done for him because he has to grapple with the fact that like he was essentially using like ch- children's soldiers. He didn't really learn his lesson because he does it again pretty constantly. Um, but then also like him having to mourn that and, and everything. But then uh, Jason Todd comes back through the Lazarus pit another biblical illusion um and then is the red hood and that i I don't know i I don't even know where i'm going with this but (laughs) i think it's i think it's well done because it he comes back with consequence like it's not like he just comes back and he's like hey hey bruce it's me i'm jason i'm back it's like he comes back and he is both mentally and physically like kind of messed up and And i I think i think there's well he also then but kind of becomes a foil to batman as a character because from from then on or i mean it's kind of changed in, in recent comics but his ideology shifted from the classic like batman no killing rule to batman let me die and it's better for me than to kill so that like like kill bad people so that more like to prevent more death which is right. interesting because that goes against batman as a character the thing that I'm, I'm thinking of as like kind of the worst example recently is they pretty much did that with the entire um like an entire universe of dc comics where and like i think it was 2012 they launched the new 52 which is that was their new take they were it was a it was kind of right after the success of nolan's dark knight trilogy and so so dc comics wanted to go a dark gritty route with pretty much everything and the new 52 they revamped restarted like hit the reboot button on all of their characters most of them were very dark and gritty a lot of it was hyper violent um, and they kind of just went in a bunch of unpopular directions with their core characters. And so a couple years after that, they decided, no, this is like this isn't going the way we want it. So it was an alternate universe that was because of the workings of a, a very powerful being. And so then they used the flash to kind of reset and kill all of those characters except for some of them that they wanted to keep and it was a mess essentially and so i think in that way character resurrection is can be done super poorly if it's just done as a retcon it's also pretty common in comics like the multiverse idea of hey we really like this character we want to kill them off here, but hey, guess what? We can just have them exist in a whole nother universe and just kind of continue on or like adjust it enough to where this is why this universe is different. But it's just kind of like a, and it also, and I know you guys, Parker, you and Maddie have talked about this before. There's so many different writers within the comic book world yes. that like yeah. it switches I mean, it changes, hands so yeah, many times right. that they're like, I want to take my shot at it. And so it just kind of turns, it kind of leads into resurrections and it's just not always very well done, but you know, how do you guys feel about characters that are thought to be dead by every other character in the series, except the reader, like the reader knows that this character is still alive, but Oh, I think that's totally fine. You like that? I'm I 
like when I think a character is dead and then they come back and it's like a twist. I'm not the biggest fan of watching Being other characters know. like grieve this character that's dead that you as a reader know is living. Yes. Okay. So I, I think I think that either one is can be can be done well. Oh yeah. So I, I was reading an article before to kind of like prep for the episode of just like you know how character death is used in lit and in, in literature and like character death and resurrection specifically. And so the one that you're kind of talking about is like missing an action or presumed dead. Yeah. And then I guess the the question is like which you prefer of like whose point of view do you want right. that to be from? Like it, from the do you want to be along with the cast of characters as the audience thinking that like the character you just read about is dead but they're yeah. actually like presumed dead and then they're going to explain how they are not dead when they come back or do so, you like being on the side of the the protagonist who's missing in action presumed dead right but the other characters yeah yeah uh, okay. so i i, I, try, I, I, follow I have an example of this and i think the flip side of what we're talking about would have been worse for me um and this is uh, spoiler alert for the Stormlight Archive. So if you want to read the Stormlight Archive or you're in the middle of Stormlight Archive, this is a spoiler from book two of the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Yasna in book two in Words of Radiance. I would have liked that way less if I knew that Yasna wasn't actually dead when she disappeared and I had to go through this book knowing she was going to come back, but not knowing when. I, I like that I was, like, very you you caught liked, off guard. You liked her resurrection? Yes. Okay. Um, I was going to say, because in that sense, it also provides, at the end, with wit, it provides some sort of, like, cliffhanger for, like, their interaction of, like, yeah. what is going on there? Like, what is wit up to? What that wit be doing? Um, and I guess, yeah, I, I can I can see that's kind of what, when you first mentioned it, that was kind of my thought on it is like, well, yeah, it's it's good to be a part of the grieving process. Um, and it like makes that moment of their return like so much more heightened. Yeah. But on the other side, there is a sense of mystery of like why, you know, why are they doing this? It can, it it, it really just depends on the other storytelling going on because if it's just... It can be really cheap, but at the same time, it could provide a whole lot of meaning to something else going on in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I actually think you have to be really careful with that, though, because I, I've seen it done wrong before. And I, I agree. I mean, I think that example was a good one. But I also don't like the um, when, when you when you aren't given like a ton of context of like how they survived. Right. It kind of has that like somehow Palpatine returned effect to where yeah, like, oh my God. like yeah, it's done I, I want if right exactly so if if you're gonna do that if you're gonna have the audience think that a character is dead and then later bring them back in a reveal I do like there to be context of how they yes. survived and how they you know were able to get out of a dire situation or be you know brought back from the brink of death it's um, or from death itself it's easy to tell whether one of those situations has been fleshed out well because if you like roll your eyes at their return it come kind of like reduces the value of the shock that yeah. it provided when they supposedly died so it's one yeah. of those things where it's like you yeah you really just have to put a lot of work into you can't just say 
All right, they're back. You really, really have to provide some sort of background on that. In discussing resurrection, I also want to bring up to you guys the idea of or the existence of plot armor within these same stories and how that plays into resurrection and, you know, just kind of on its own, the pros and cons and uh, possible also like, you know, does it take away from some of your favorite characters? If, if you're, you know, if you're with, if you stay in a novel, like, does it, does it jump out to you? Does it really have to grab you? Is it easily noticeable? Um, like that kind of stuff. How do yeah. you, what are your thoughts on plot armor? Like sometimes it can be like, cho like the chosen one plot armor and the sense of like, they, they can survive through things that no person or like other protagonist would yeah um but just given because like they are who they are they're they're the black widow and hawkeye in the battle of new york <laughs> fighting right exactly the little guys because that's all they can do but they're also not going to die to those little guys because they're part of the avengers yeah contractually <laughs> yeah so i don't mind plot armor all that much i, I think there's a comfort that comes with knowing you're characters aren't going to die in the book that you're reading or uh the the character you can count on them right they're not going to fail whatever right. they're working on there's someone you can always rely on yeah you can just like but you know they're gonna they, they got your back they're not going to fail you in this story um I, i'm not the biggest fan of perfect characters which i, I contradict myself in this argument all the time because one of my favorite characters in all of literature is Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. And he is like, you can't get more perfect than Aragorn when it comes to, you know, like he's a provider. He's good at hunting. He's also a king. Like he's the, the gritty. Like always cool. Always yeah, on point. He's going to win the fight. boy, but he's also like the highest royalty of this world. Yeah. Infinitely he's a wise. Character. I love him to death. <laughs> like I can't tell you why I love it so much when it comes to Aragorn and not so much when it comes to other characters but if, if the movies didn't exist and I had just read the series Lord of the Rings um, not knowing how it ended I don't think any part of me would think that Aragorn was going to die in this in this series I don't know it just depends on the book too some some books I don't want plot armor some books are so absurd I don't want it to exist right it, I think I think that's a really good point it really depends on how you relate to the characters in the book for yeah. me that that's how I that's how I approach it like if there is a character that you were like devoted to and you're like this person is the best like I love what they do I love how they think I want their, like, you support their ideals. You're kind of okay with a little bit of plot armor because otherwise you're going to be nervous, even though it's great to be nervous. Like, that's the keeps you suspenseful in books. That's some of the best things they have. But it's really nice to, like you said, to be able to, like, have that one person that you can fall back on and be like, okay, at least they're safe. Yeah. Like, in certain books, there's, like, people dying everywhere, and you're like, at least they're safe. But then it's also kind of nice to have certain authors who are like, oh, I'm going to make you think they're safe. Like the fake out like plot armor, how you think like there's no way that this person can die. They're too important to the story. And then the author is like, nah, uh, I'm going to like rip them right from underneath you. Yeah, I think like the 
I feel like there needs to be a good reason if they're like like if if they've built a story around why the protagonists are always winning or always safe or always they're chosen. Like, but like I, I think there needs to <laughs> Parker, be a little chosen. more than that, they're right? Chosen. Like I, I get that, and I'm I mean I'm a sucker for it also. Like I obviously read a ton of fantasy novels and and science fiction novels, but I I will say it is kind of distracting for me. In some instances, where the main characters are so like, if it, if if war is a is a you know ever present theme of the novel, but it feels like there is no chance that your character is dying or losing a fight or or can get like you know stabbed, blown up, and shot, and then they just like somehow survive. That can be a little distracting for me if other people around them are within the same level or skill set or whatever, but they are falling like flies. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and that makes sense. I think it's good to weave into the story certain consequences for a plot armored character's failure. Like a great way to write a character who you know you have to keep is allow them failure but and and it like will affect other people in the story. So they can make a bad decision that causes maybe the death of somebody else or they make a bad decision where there's consequences and they're taken out of an important event that is going to affect like the rest of the narrative as opposed to just be like, Oh yeah, they live through this. They they're always there. They're they, they always save the day. No, they're, you know, they're flawed. They're also, you know, they might be a person. They might not be like a human being, but like they can also be flawed characters within their protective bubble in a sense no I, li- I like what you're saying a lot in the sense of like or, or at least like you know characters might have plot armor but there also needs to be consequence like if they're gonna be the character that lives through everything if it's gonna be your main character and your protagonist and you don't actually feel like they are ever going to you know suffer the consequence of death there needs to be good character development or growth around them through other means like failure and, you know, learning or, or, you know, emotional maturity. Right. Exactly. So that they're not just like good from the get go and then end up in the same spot that they were in from the beginning. Right. They've never had to persevere through any, any kind of consequence or uh, like event that, could shape them in any way. They just like, oh no, like I already knew, I already knew, I already knew me. I never have to go through anything. I'm good. <laughs> I don't think you two have ever read Game of Thrones, right? No, I haven't I've read. Not. I know the story from the show, but I, yeah, okay. I've never read so it. So you you watched? Oh yeah, right. You've watched all the show. Yeah. So um, I know a big issue that people have with Game of Thrones is Arya's plot armor. Yeah. I didn't mind it because Arya is a super cool character, but. Her plot armor is so strong that it like kills other people where like any character that she is around in the book, you know, that character is going to die. <laughs> Not right. like, Because there has to be some sort of drama in her story because she's not going to die. So somebody has to. She's killing them by association. Yeah. yeah. By proximity. Yeah. She just takes people out left and right in that series. People hate. Oh, man. People hate it in the show. I, I do think that's a funny a, a funny concept of like uh, <laughs> how like some characters you know you you typically have your protagonists and 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 a lot of 
you know, uh, uh, fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, where you have like your core characters, Mm -hmm. your, um, you know, you have your protagonist and maybe like your main three, right? Yep. Or your, you know, the the side characters. And I feel like those are relatively safe, right? Like protagonist, they have like all the plot armor. They're good. The the best friends. That's where it gets a little risky. They're but they're still like, like you know good chance that they're gonna survive that they're gonna make it because it's too much for the reader to die i think the scariest place to be is the acquaintance of the main like the protagonist if you're if you're an acquaintance to a chosen one (laughs) you're you're gonna die like that that is the most dangerous like i would rather not i would rather be out of the book completely out of the story like have me as a background character who's like mentioned once than a, a you know a tertiary character who's like a a wise old friend or a you know a, a relative or you, you know something like that that's i feel like that is the that's the danger zone yeah the the acquaintances you need to unionize in literature like <laughs> they need to put their demands on the table and they need to live like right. anybody Which one that, of us three would have plot armor I feel like I would I'm too much of a like a best friend sidekick character that I feel like I would be very vulnerable to being killed. Yeah, Dan, I feel like this was just you, buddy, because I feel like you're also good at everything, just naturally. I was gonna say it the obvious choice is Parker having the plot armor, Brett being the best friend, and me being the acquaintance that gets killed. No, 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 no way. No. I you're, feel like every every time we ever do anything, you are like naturally gifted for no reason. Oh, just, no, you can just oh, like no, pick up things super fast. Dan would pull out a guitar and distract <laughs> the villain. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like you just you have so many like hobbies and you do you're good oh, at no. everything that you do and you're good oh, at all no, the guys. Every... This isn't what I want to happen. I don't oh want no! This to happen. Yeah, I'm sure this is terrible for you. I'm but so anytime sorry. we like play a new game, you're automatically like at least one of the better ones. Oh, guys, stop! Yeah, this is silly. you would challenge oh, him to God. some new <laughs> thing that you've never done before. Sick to my stomach that we're complimenting Dan as much. No, I would absolutely be dead. One, because yeah, I would probably self-sacrifice. Armor. And two, because I am too much of the like, like, oh, like, oh, yeah, I know them. And then I get captured and tortured and killed. <laughs> they say, um, hey, do you know this guy? Yeah, I know him. And then they yeah. just kill you immediately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that was a fun discussion. Um, yeah, I bet you had a great time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah, ever, everyone loved that. <laughs> We need to remind Dan every once in a while how special he is to us. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, pretty much it. Any any final thoughts on resurrection or plot armor? I would do anything in my power to magically bring you two back to life. Oh. You two like the band? Bono and what's the yeah. guy with the skull cap? <laughs> they yeah. died? I never want their music to stop. <laughs> never want that. Yeah, they. we really need a resurrection of I YouTube. I want all of the free albums on my iPhone. Apple tried. <laughs> I was about to say they live on forever in your Apple, <laughs> your iPod, Nano. <laughs> they, Got them. Yeah, they, they were forcibly, like, forcefully uh, resurrected without consent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just have to bring Bono's glasses to uh, a shaman. Yeah. And then you'll be good. Um, um, thanks, Dan. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you, Jacob Robinson, for the intro and outro of our podcast. Thank you, Maddie Moon, for the lovely cover art. Um, happy, Thank you hoppy, both. 
Happy Easter Happy to Easter, everyone. everyone. I hope it's excellent. Man, aren't we just your favorite podcast? No. Hey, listeners, would you resurrect our podcast if we were killed off? Oh, boy. Oh, Christ. Let us know in all of... that's. Hey, there's a segue. There's a transition. Let us know if you would resurrect us, and you can reach us and tell us on all our social medias um, at bookends underscore with underscore friends on Instagram, bookends pod on uh, TikTok. You got it. And then, hey, where can they email us? Bookends with friends at gmail.com. For quote of the week. I want, I, want a, I want a quote of the week. Someone send us a quote of the week. Dan, hit us with that outro, baby. Never forget, the real friends were the books we made along the way. Christ. <laughs>